Hi everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learned podcast. I'm Charlotte Rogers, Insight Editor at Marketing Week and today I'm joined by Ash Gofield, CEO of mobile network GIFGAF. Since the onset of COVID-19, GIFGAF has reacted at pace to the changing situation for staff and customers. In March, the company turned around its Putting Community First campaign in the space of a week, bringing the release forward to promote a sense of togetherness. From an internal perspective, last summer GIFGAF took a phased approach to welcoming staff back to the office. Teams were encouraged to explore what blend of office and remote working worked best for them, mixing Zoom, WhatsApp and Google Hangouts to communicate. Then in May, GIFGAF announced it was introducing a fully flexible working scheme, allowing employees complete autonomy over their place of work, a first for the telecoms industry. As CEO, Ash has hosted daily meetings with the team since the crisis began. Boasting over 20 years of marketing experience, Gofield also went out of his way to communicate with the GIFGAF community about what the brand's been doing during the pandemic and the actions that have been taken to help customers. Welcome, Ash. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, yeah. So the past year has seen, you know, the world of work change kind of beyond all recognition. And I wondered how, you know, you and your senior leadership team have sort of grappled with that and kind of the reimagining of, I suppose, what we see as the workplace over the past 18 months. It's been an incredible journey, hasn't it? And I mean, it's fair to say that I guess along with everyone else, we, we hadn't planned for it. But I would say that maybe, the, you know, a lot of the choices that we've made in the, the 11 years of our existence had ensured in a way that we were prepared for it. You know, so we're, we're a digital first brand we believe in in the power of community and solving things together with our with our member community we don't have shops of our own um, we don't have call centers agents that we do have that will resolve online queries although people don't have many they tend to contact us about once every five years but we do have a bunch of agents that, that already work from home you know so so there was no difficulty in in transitioning to, to kind of that new normal of lockdown uh, at the point that it happened and, and i guess I'm, I'm eternally grateful as well to our ops team i'm gonna admit unbeknown to me had made all of the necessary preparations for uh, being able to flick the switch so everyone could work from home as soon as we needed to and that went superbly well you know better than we could have expected so so our sort of journey started a week before Boris said we we all had to work from home and within 24 hours it kind of felt fine it was different you know there was there was things to learn but operationally it worked what we started to see you know through you know mainly we're a tech business you know so a lot of the people that we employ are mainly involved in technology roles and they're, they're in they're in what we call product teams um, and we saw immediately that productivity actually started to go up um, so it was kind of working for for that audience in terms of like focus for the business I was very sort of clean, keen to sort of just clarify what we what we needed to keep you know front of mind really and, and first off we, we were looking at a dashboard we didn't quite understand you know we sell as a business GIFCAP we sell mobile connectivity first and foremost and people weren't moving around very much so we didn't you know the, the dashboard of, of day-to-day performance looked a little different and I've got to be honest in that first month a little worrying you know so first off I was kind of saying look let's let's keep it lean let's make sure that every every penny we spend you know we spend knowingly that um, that it's a smart investment and secondly and this was really precious to me and I, and I know the rest of the business was that you know let's build the culture over this period we don't know how long it's going to last and I guess even back then we had no idea that we'd, we'd still be having this conversation over a year on uh, with a level of sort of restriction but let's build the culture you know let's let's look back on this period with a sense of pride you know be able to look in each other's eyes and and be be proud of how we how we behaved and how we behaved with each other 
it felt like a real culture-defining moment. And and whilst the sort of third thing was whilst we couldn't control the macro environment, you know, what I did ask is, well, let's let's try and outperform everybody else. You know, we can't we can't control what what's going on out there, but we can try and be better than everybody else in in terms of how we respond. So that that, that was the kind of mantra, sort of three different focus areas for for the team to kind of unite us. The team has always stepped up brilliantly, and, and quite quickly, one of the teams said, um, I, I've done some mental health training um, in the past, and you know, if this goes on for a while, this is going to be draining for for some, you know, maybe for many. So we invested in mental health training for for more people who wanted to be mental health first aiders. So we've got a whole team now, which is which is growing. And bless them, those first aiders give me a call every once in a while as well, just to check in that I'm okay, which is a beautiful thing. There was also a sense of whilst we were sort of stepping into the unknown and it was different, trying to make sure that we kept some of the normality, kept some of the same drumbeat that was associated with with working at Gifcaf. You know, we've got some lovely habits. Uh, you know, I joined the company over eight years ago and I guess there was 40 of us then. There's about 200 now. But back then, you know, we, we'd all get together at 9.30 on a Monday morning and we'd, we'd have a sort of team meeting to discuss what had just happened and what was going to happen next. And we still do that to, to this day, you know, right up to the point of lockdown. We'd sort of get 200 people in the room and we'd have that same conversation. But I sort of determined, really, that when lockdown happened, we'd, we'd carry on, you know. So we just sort of dialed up our, our sort of Zoom accounts and, and, and got all 200 people on a, on a weekly meeting to, to do exactly what we, we used to do in, um, in the olden days working in the office you know and I think just some of that normality of, of how Gifgaf went about its business but now went about its business uh, remotely just helped to stay grounded and still feel part of, of, of what Gifgaf's all about you know. I think it's testament to the strength of your culture that you kind of you know could come together like you did um, during the, the crisis and sort of find a way to make sure that all those things that were important to you you know in 2019 and, and prior to the onset of Covid that you could still bring those to life virtually and, and maybe this is why um, you feel so comfortable as an organisation to kind of really go get behind flexible working because you know the news out that, that Gifgaf is going to be fully flexible working when staff can you know have the autonomy to decide where they want to work and how they want to work so first for the telecoms industry and it's really interesting that you've, you've gone in this direction can you tell me a bit more about why it felt right for you? Number one in terms of you know what we what we sell in the marketplace is we sell airtime and, and phones with simplicity, flexibility, and value. You know that's 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 very much at the, the heart of our proposition. So that middle word was flexibility. And you know you know before I became CEO, I was I was the CMO, and um, you know as a marketing person by trade, I sort of I passionately believe that you know you're only really going to win if you authentically take products and services to the market. And you know if we try to sell flexibility, if we don't believe in it. For First and foremost, ourselves. Then I think it's going to be quite a hollow shell. So, so there's, there's a rich vein of authenticity within Gifgaf that you know we have to practice what we preach. And I think the other thing that was was on our mind as well was that if everything that we'd learned through lockdown, you know, and and Boris just said, "Oh, all right, you can all come." back in the office next Monday and we insisted that everybody did it, it would be like denying that this period has happened that we'd learned anything and I think what we all deeply felt was that we'd learned lots you know we, we'd learned first and foremost that we could all work from home and the business was fine you know productivity was was up you know we've had an incredible year at Gifgaf we've we've won new switch network of the year we've topped witches best provider survey we've even topped Ofcom's own survey of the industry so it's been an extraordinary year for us so to kind of say like you know 
you've all got to come back to the office would be, be to sort of deny that people you know, under their own steam working from home have done an incredible job. So, yeah, I, I wasn't comfortable with, with taking that position. You know, perfectly honest, though, it, it's like there's two things that I know for sure. One is that when we all work in the office, and we've got a beautiful office, by the way, and, and, and we love it dearly and we miss it at the moment. But uh, we know when we're in the office, we work very, very well. We also know that when we work from home, um, when everyone's at home, we work very well. What we don't know for sure is how well we work when some people are at home and some people are in the office. But, you know, for the points of, you know, reasons I've just outlined, we're determined to find out. It's so fascinating to hear you talk about that because you're so right. You know, this idea that the past year has been, you know, some CEOs in the financial sector, for example, have come out and said it's an aberration, you know, it's kind of working from home. Like you say, just to kind of forget how well people have worked would be wrong. And it's different what you're doing because, you know, other companies are sort of talking about hybrid models or this kind of two, three idea, two days in the office or three days in the office and the rest at home. But the fact that you're giving people that choice, you know, it feels different. And was it, you know, did you look at these other models and just think that's not right for us? We asked our people, we asked the team, you know, where where are your heads at? And and it became very apparent very early on, actually, that it's quite polarizing, isn't it? It's it's a very emotive topic as well. You know, even even as a leadership team, when we started talking about it, it tended to turn into quite a lively um, debate, you know, so it's um, it's fascinating when even the people, you know, there were some people that were saying, look, I'm at home and this is the best thing that's ever happened to me and I don't ever want to come back. You know, you've got those kind of people on the team. You've also got at the other end of the scale, people saying, I can't wait to get back in the office and I'll be there 100% uh, as soon as I'm able. What I thought was probably the most interesting segment though, was quite a sizable chunk. It was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting back to the office. And then we asked, you know, how often do you think you'd like to come? And they went, oh yeah, at least twice a week, you know? And some of them said, and can you just make sure that the two days I'm in, like the rest of the company's in as well, because that'd be really fun. And I guess the short answer to that was, um, no, actually, I, I can't do that because what you're describing there is a need for flexibility. So to kind of, I don't know, it just seemed wrong to sort of impose someone else's view of flexibility on on everybody else because, you know, whilst doing a tremendous job uh, for Gifgaf over the last, you know, 14, 15 months, they've also been getting on with their lives and new habits have formed and new ways to connect with a family have, have developed, which I'm not in a whole hurry to disrupt, actually. I think there's some real sort of precious time that people have rediscovered that I'd like them to keep you know certainly I know people that have been historically worked for us for years and have battled traveling from one side of London to the other every day and um, they don't have to do that anymore and what they're now doing with the time is is fascinating and, and yeah I, I don't really want to disrupt that completely um you can see but I was nodding my head but I think you know on a level of an employer branding perspective you know I wonder whether offering this you know complete flexibility will not only help you retain amazing talent but also attract people you know if they start thinking well actually that's a company where they're offering the flexibility I want suddenly you know it becomes even more attractive to work at GIFGAF was that in your mind the attraction and retention piece I mean we're always trying to build a a great place to work we track employee engagement through a brilliant survey from Gallup called Q12, which is just simple 12 questions, but helps you gauge the level of engagement, um, sorry, helps you measure the level of engagement across uh, across your people. You know, so building a great place to work is always front and centre in our mind, and partly because we're values-led, but also because we know it makes great business sense. You know, in, in, engage people, do extraordinary things, and, and drive performance to, to new levels. So we totally get that. So looking for new ways to, to move that on, 
to be an even better employer. You know, the, the Gallup survey tells us that we're doing very, very well comparatively, but it's never perfect, is it? You always want to, you always want to improve it. One, one of the principal beliefs that we do have written on the wall in the office uh, is that, you know, we're all about harnessing the power of people, challenging the established way and improving it. Well, turning up in the office nine to five is trying, is the established way, isn't it? And so it's sort of in our DNA to, to disrupt ourselves, to try and improve it. Definitely. And I wondered whether, reflecting on everything that's happened over the past year and a half almost, you know, are there things that you've learned about yourself as a CEO, you know, during this period of adversity that maybe if this hadn't have happened, you wouldn't have tapped into that or, or you wouldn't have known about your leadership style? Are there things that have emerged for you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. I remember when I joined GiftGaff, it was three years in, but I know it straight away that it had a brilliant energy about it, a brilliant sort of startup mentality. And and when I joined, I saw joined thinking that joined a, a company that had got through that difficult survival stage you know, as, as all new companies have to go through. And and I was there to kind of really, you know, shine it up and, and get it scaled and performing. That's not quite how the, the first year played out. And we, we had a few challenges that we, we had to overcome. And and what I learned a lot about the people at GiveCaf in, in that moment, and myself really, was just our level of resilience and, and how good we were in a crisis. And I guess, you know, we sort of, we've kept that throughout our years as we've grown and we've scaled and we've, you know, we've become a really solid business. But we've kept that sort of startup mentality we've kept that level of resilience we've got kept that ability to unite in any crisis situation and you know come out of it better the other side and and I sort of knew that I could rely on that a bit when lockdown happened you know and then lockdown went a lot longer than we thought it might and then it came back again you know but I also thought that certainly as was coming to the end of calendar year last year like there's a danger here that we we get sort of stuck in survival mode you know and I was thinking about me personally and I'm like I'm so all right with this but at the same time being in survival mode all of the time is kind of exhausting and, um, and my reflection there was that actually there's nothing unusual anymore about lockdown and lockdown restrictions. It, it, it's actually quite normal. You know, we've um, at that point we'd done two and it looked like we were probably heading for a third one in, in the beginning of this year. So, you know, what, one of the things I'd done to kind of stay connected with the team was that I've been writing a post on our, our workplace platform every night and um, it's just helped to stay engaged. But and on there, I talk all about all sorts of things. But that particular day, I was, I was just sort of thinking about this sort of different, mindsets of being in survival mode versus being in stretch and gift i think is equally at its best in stretch and, and you don't want to spend too much time in survival so so i just sort of called that out as kind of how i was feeling but also i think how the business needed to transition because you stretch is much more energized as a space you know what i mean so i think you've got to be mindful particularly when you're on your own you know working from your back room you've, you've just got to check in with yourself a little bit aren't you really and think about what, what is my current mindset and I, I certainly did that a fair bit and reflected on I want to get back to stretch again. I want to get back to, you know, really pushing on and, and move the, moving the business forward and, and thinking about three-year plans and all that exciting stuff rather than maybe getting a little bit too caught up in the here and now and what's today's numbers and what are tomorrow's numbers going to be. You know, it's not really my job. You need to make sure that I'm also all over the, the, the future strategy. So I think that was a, probably the most significant moment I had of reflection on the journey, which was, yeah, I owe it to myself and I owe it to the business to make sure that we're, we're sort of moving out of, of the here and now and back into you know planning for a successful future so interesting to hear you talk about that moment of pause and that kind of idea of you know where are we where are we at mentally and yeah you know where do i want the business to go what state do we need to be in to kind of get there and i wonder whether those are you know the ability to take that step back um is a key ceo skill you know listening to the customer listening to your team to the the staff you know are there things that key skills that you 
believe are very important for a CEO to have. Uh, have they changed because of the pandemic? Have, have some things been dialed up more than others? And do you think, obviously, being a marketing leader for so long, are there parts of what you've done in marketing that have, have helped you be the CEO you want to be, especially at this time? So have the skills changed? I don't think so. But I think they've certainly been tested, you know, and, and some of them, you know, the, some of the skills you've had to amplify or, or supplement in ways you would normally so i get quite energized from standing up in front of the whole team you know the way the gift calf office is organized it's almost like a donut really and we've got a big park in the middle which is which we we, we sort of use as a bit of a theater so every, everyone can get in there in the space of sort of a couple of minutes so presenting to the gift calf you know people and feeling the energy back from those people is a great energizer it's a wonderful thing to experience so to not have that anymore and have to try and get your energy from kind of a few people's faces on on zoom some people aren't you know, for, for different reasons, I'm going to turn the camera off. Turn the, I have turned the camera off. It's trickier, you know what I mean? So, but you've still got to tap into that. And I suppose that's one of the reasons why I started writing the post as well, really. It was much about wanting to reassure everyone else and keep everyone else focused as much as the need of wanting a little bit of feedback from the people, you know, that, that work for us. So I think um, I think the skills are the same. Some of it was just a little bit nuanced and maybe where you get your nourishment from as a leader, you, you just got to change it up a little bit and find new, new ways of getting your energy. Definitely. And do you think that, that having been a marketer, do you think that your knowledge of kind of, I don't know, the way that a brand works, the way that a brand communicates with the customer, the promise you make to a customer, the way that the work that you do around propositions, like the kind of everything that you do, the bread and butter of being a marketer, does that help you in your CEO role? Does it kind of feed into to the leader you want to be or do you kind of not draw on that experience so much how does it play out for you i've been in marketing for um for 22 years and um and as a ceo i mean i still am right because you're not detached from a lot of the decisions that are made you know so i think absolutely i, I still bring that flavor to the table but but i did have a, an interesting epiphany really when i changed jobs because having you know probably if i'm honest quite punchy chief marketing officer you had a pretty clear view of of where we wanted to take the business to to then being responsible for all of the business and realizing that 60 percent of people that we employed were in technology jobs and thinking that like oh my goodness like maybe i'm not tapping into this kind of wonderful talent pool in the way that i might uh, have done so you know certainly over the time that i've been ceo last over two and a half years it's really been about you know dialing up technology's contribution to developing insight and strategy much as it had been about them also building fantastic capability to underpin, underpin our performance going forward so there's definitely been i've still got you know marketing blood running through my veins but it's my awareness of the disciplines within the business can can bring to overall like strategy setting and performance has definitely changed and i, I think i'm richer for it absolutely well i know i can point to the fact that gift gaff certainly is oh it's been great speaking to you ash and just thanks for kind of telling us all about you know the, the flexible working future for gift gaff everything you've done around the culture and it's just great there to hear kind of about leadership and sort of know where that's going for you and what it means to you so thank you so much for taking part we hope you enjoyed this latest edition of marketing weeks this much i learned podcast and check out the next episode coming soon on itunes spotify and soundcloud that just leaves me to thank ash and you for listening thanks <laughs> <laughs>